On this episode of Leadership Lessons in Health System Pharmacy, you will hear from Jennifer Dower, Chief Strategy and Transformation Officer at The Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center, as we discuss how strategy can be a key ingredient to pharmacy leadership. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Leadership Lessons in Health System Pharmacy. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Weber, Chief Pharmacy Officer and Administrator of Pharmacy Services at The Ohio State University Wexner Medical Center. Powered by The Ohio State University Lachalet Leadership Program, this show is designed to keep current and aspiring health system pharmacy leaders up to date with issues, trends, and best practices affecting our profession. You can learn more about the Lashley Leadership Program and the Ohio State University's College of Pharmacy MS in Health System Pharmacy Administration and Leadership by visiting go.osu.edu forward slash pharmacy leadership. That's go.osu.edu forward slash pharmacy leadership. In Jennifer's current role, she is responsible for driving all aspects of strategy for the organization, including all seven health sciences colleges and identifying key initiatives to guide this transformation. Her focus is on the creation and implementation of the enterprise strategic plan, advancement of specifics on enterprise top priorities, development of industry partnerships and breakthrough business development opportunities, as well as accelerated technology development and commercialization efforts. In her past roles, Jennifer was a managing director at Cincy Tech, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Growth at Cincinnati Children's Hospital, Leader of Cincinnati Children's Innovation Ventures, and Vice President and General Manager of various business units at Procter & Gamble. Over her 26-year tenure at P&G, Jennifer worked to create and implement global business strategies and innovation programs delivering significant organic and new business growth. She received her Bachelor of Arts in Economics and International Relations from Brown University and has served on several boards of startup companies to include Navistone, Abri, Airway Therapeutics, and Enable Injections. Other leadership involvement includes serving on the chair of Cincy Tech Board, a member of the Centrifuge and Regional Economic Development Initiative Boards, and several regional community organizations. She is a member of Class 36 of Leadership Cincinnati. Okay, let's jump into our interview with Jennifer. Jennifer, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. Thank you very much for having me this morning, Bob. I, I really appreciate it. And you've got quite a quite a resume. Did not realize you went to Brown University. So you're what, Ivy League, right? It, it is part of the Ivy League. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I left Cincinnati, Ohio, where I grew up and uh, went to the East Coast for uh, university, which was an amazing experience. Uh, Never thought I'd come back to the Midwest, uh, but uh, had an amazing uh, number of years at PNG and have uh, stayed in the region since then. Yeah. So uh, is there anything else in the intro you would like to add about yourself for the audience to know? Um, no, I think that the, the experiences um, certainly capture it. Um, I do think that in the context of our conversation today, um, hopefully, you know, we'll be able to touch upon um, the diversity of experiences and how going from 
you know, for profit to not for profit from yeah. industry to others, um, create really, uh, I, I think, uh, valuable insight. And I think to the listeners thinking about the diversity of their experiences as they grow their own careers, perhaps is something that we'll touch upon. But uh, no, I think you've captured it. Yeah, it's interesting. Obviously, the group here, Jennifer, is health system pharmacy directors from many health system health systems, some small health systems, some very large health systems. And I think uh, diversity in one's experiences within our profession is not all that great, to be quite honest with you. And I think that lack of diversity then tends to inhibit our strategic thinking and and, and hopefully we can we can explore some of that as well. So strategy, you know, I I talked to our graduate students about it, and and we we talk about strategy and what that means. What does strategy mean to you as somebody who does it every day? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and and for me, when I think about what makes for great strategy, it really is about clarity of choices. It's about intentionality. Um, you know, what is it that an individual wants to do? And then what are the plans that you and the actions you can take to go after that objective? Um, in the context of a business or a pharmacy organization, you know, what is it that the director believes that their organization can stand for? What choices do they make? And then importantly, how are they going to achieve that objective, right? So what is the North Star? Where are you headed? And then what are the, uh, the levers that you can um, focus in on, the choices that you can make to enable you and your organization to achieve those objectives? Um, you know, strategy without a plan, strategy without specifics is probably uh, a fairly narrow, fairly shallow one. Um, but I think that it is about making choices it's about having a set of actions that you will do. And I think very importantly, Bob, it's also about what you're not going to do. Because mm. There is great evidence in the literature that um, strategic plans that are implemented that really shift resources. I'm going to take resources from A and put them on B to drive a certain action, um, have you know, um, market evidence of delivering stronger results whatever those results are or however those results are, are measured. Wow. You know, it's been my experience, Jennifer, and to your point that we may, we, we may have a plan to do something in the department, but then people above me or around me will say, well, you still need to do X when you're doing Y. Mm -hmm. And so choices come with consequences, right? So, so how do you, like, what's the conversation like with a senior leader when, you figure out that they want you to do everything plus the new strategies? <laughs> um, well, you know, I think a um, couple of things. One is new strategies aren't always and shouldn't always be additive. So okay. sometimes it is about what you um, stop doing to be able to go drive action against a net new idea. Mm. Um, sometimes it is about reimagining how your current work gets done right? Is there a new and different way to do the work that is more effective, more efficient? And or um, I have had experiences where we previously were delivering at 100% or 110%. And when you ask leadership, um, maybe doing whatever it is you're doing today at a 70% result is more than sufficient. And so it mm. really is, as you said, it is about having those conversations um, 
but tied to what is it that I'm trying to achieve, right? So stepping mm-hmm. back and saying, what are we really trying to achieve overall? And examining the work that you do today. And, and how does that work really drive the outcome that you're trying to achieve? And simply because you've been doing it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do it in the future and or it doesn't necessarily mean that you need to do it in the same way that you have been doing it. Um, but as you said, it is about conversation. It's about alignment and ultimately about metrics and measurements. So yeah, that as you yeah. get into the strategy, you can understand, am I making progress or am I not making progress? Right. If not, what do I need to do to get back on track? Hmm. So, so why then? Okay, it's a, that's really it's really interesting approach. Why? So, why is strategy so important in healthcare? Oh, uh, wow! <laughs> it's probably like an eighty thousand dollar question. That that was uh, at least eighty thousand, maybe a quarter of a million. Um, yeah. And it's probably the you know topic of a whole other podcast, right? It, it probably is. Um, I do think that in environments where there is a tremendous amount of uncertainty and a very intense level of change and uncertainty, um, you know, the need for clarity of choices to be able to lead an organization and drive forward and make progress is critically important. And I think that that's what's going on in healthcare. Um, It's what was going on before. And certainly with the pandemic, in my judgment, it's even more intensified. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what really is most important? What are the choices that we are making? Does the organization understand those choices so that every single person in the organization can see how their work is contributing to achieving the goals and the aspirations. And so it is, you know, critically important in my view due to um, the state of affairs. I think everyone knows that there is great opportunity in healthcare for reimagination and change. I think the pandemic obviously exacerbates that and elevates the uncertainty. And as organizations, you know, can be large and fragmented, how do we ensure that people understand what we've chosen and where we're headed? Yeah. And interestingly, so for example, leadership messaging just brought to my mind that leadership messaging is so critical in a time of uncertainty. And to your point, what we need to do as leaders is to have a message that is consistent and that somehow in some way can either alleviate or at least make people feel better about dealing with uncertainty, right? Because I just find myself, uh, even as a pharmacy leader, Jennifer, I find myself thinking, okay, this is such an uncertain world around, for example, COVID vaccine and how we're going to distribute it and how do we strategically prioritize the department to place pharmacists within our community to be able to get people vaccinated. So that becomes like the issue of the day. And in a way, it impacts the, the strategy, right? So, so how do you deal with those kind of really burning platform issues that have to be part of a strategy? You know, I, I think it's a great question, um, Bob, and one that is... Um you know, it's very dynamic, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the short time that I have been here and um, the experience that I've had with you and your entire department and the role that your department is increasingly having as we're dealing with what 
going to happen with the vaccine, um, how it will get deployed, what are the criteria or what's the thought process on who gets it, how does it get distributed, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I think that, you know, one of the important things is to ensure that, um, you know, as pharmacy directors, people believe um, and feel that they have a seat at the table to participate in the conversations. Because I think that that's one of the most valuable ways to both contribute to the building of strategy and to impact the implementation of that strategy. So that the senior most leadership of the organization understands kind of how pharmacy and pharmacy directors and pharmacy leadership leadership can contribute to the dynamics of what's going on, the insights that, that you all bring, the roles that you all believe that you can play. And mm-hmm. having that open dialogue, you know, with myself as a strategy leader, with the chancellor, our CEO, um, with hospital operations leadership, obviously every single institution and organization is going to be different. So what those relationships are may be very different, but you know my encouragement is to make sure that the those listening think about what seat at the table do I have? And if I don't mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. a seat that allows me to be sufficiently influential and contributing, what might I need to do to be able to uh, establish myself or my organization in that regard? And I will say also to folks listening on this podcast that make sure that as a pharmacy leader that you have a connection to the chief strategy person, (laughs) such as yourself. Because I think obviously when you came to Ohio State, I appreciate the fact that you reached out to me and we started working on a few projects, but I I, I learned very quickly that your insight and your view of healthcare would only help my department and really help us to design a strategy that was more consistent with the university and the medical center's direction. So, so I appreciate that relationship with you. Um, so pharmacy directors are somewhat, uh, I wouldn't say they're technical in nature, but a, a pharmacist is a rule follower, such as myself. I, I follow all the rules. Uh, we are very technical in nature. We're very linear in our thinking. And sometimes uh, we're not very strategic uh, just by nature of what we do. So what what advice would you give to a pharmacy leader who comes to you and says, you know, I, I I'd really like to improve my strategic thinking skills? Is 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 it is it more of an in inborn uh, skill, or is it something that can be actually learned and practiced? What are your thoughts about that? Um, I believe that it can be learned and it's a skill that can be built. I don't think that people are necessarily they don't come out of the womb as strategists per se. <laughs> Um, that's number one. And number two, I would say that it's interesting, you know, you describe pharmacists and pharmacy directors as rule followers and it being technical and linear. Um, there's a lot about strategic thinking that is very linear and in some respects it is technical, right? It's a series of, you know, one of the things that people say to me, um, that I think they appreciated me is that I ask a lot of questions right? Mm -hmm. There's an inquiry element. And what the the inquiry is really all about is about the why, right? What are Mm -hmm. you doing and why are you doing it? And so, you know, in my experiences in our partnership, um, I I think that you all, you have demonstrated and many on your team that I've gotten to know um, have quite a, a strong level of strategic thinking skills. And there is power and benefit in the, the logic or the linearity of it, because strategy is often about, um, intentionality 
The end hmm. that I would offer on that is that it is at the same time about possibilities, right? And as you go through the inquiry process, so what is it that I'm trying to achieve? What is the mm-hmm. problem that I'm trying to solve? What is the opportunity I have in front of me, right? And then do I have a solution? or a few options that might be choices that we could go through to proceed on how we might do A or B or C. Hmm. They're pretty linear kinds of things. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's interesting. And, and so I think that, you know, my, I guess my encouragement based upon how you describe the cohort, right, the group of, mm-hmm. of pharmacy uh, directors, um, you know, uh, leverage the technical skills, leverage the linear thinking, and perhaps strengthen the muscle around possibility and opportunity. And hmm. I think, you know, as you bring those ideas forward to senior leaders, you know, it's what is it that you are proposing and why is it that you are proposing it? What value will it bring to the organization um, that establishes relevancy and uh, elevates contribution of what that solution or or what those opportunities might be. Hmm. Well, I actually, yeah, I never thought about it that way, Jennifer, in terms of being a very more scientific, I always thought strategy, well, I mean, obviously, uh, haven't thought too much about it from a linear perspective, but I always thought about strategy as being something that was more creative in its, in its nature. And I assume there's some creativity and innovation there. There's absolutely creativity and innovation. And that's when, when I talk about possibilities, Bob, I think that's the other side of it. Okay. Okay. I see. Um, You know, in it, it is, um, it is different in its quote unquote technical nature, but there is a deliberate process to it, right? A series of questions on definition of the goal and the objective um, choice making around what I describe as where to play and how mm-hmm. to make choices, right? Mm-hmm. What am I trying to do? Whether that's you know internal pharmacy or special right. pharmacy or external partnerships or whatever it is, and then how are you going to achieve those objectives? How are you going to win? Right. It is in that in the ideation or the innovation aspect of it that I think um, where maybe the muscle is is perhaps less developed than maybe. Uh, if you come at it from a different perspective, um, which I think that, you know, going back to a question you said, why you asked, why is, is strategy so important in healthcare right now? The world that we are in and the world that we will be in, the only thing that I think we can say is it will be different than the world that we have been in. Yes. So as pharmacy leaders, as pharmacy directors, how do you take advantage of the deep technical competencies that you have and at the same time, Imagine what the future might look like. Imagine Hmm. better, different ways to do what you do, whether that's inside the enterprise or um, with external partners. And you and I have had some of those experiences ourselves, Mm -hmm. even in the short time that we've been together. So it's the and part, the creative, innovative um, kind of ideation part of of the strategy skill that perhaps is one that uh, might be an area of growth and uh, incremental skill development for some of the leaders that are listening. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I uh, once had a student, Jennifer, who did the Strengths Finder, mm-hmm. and they came to me and said, I don't know that I'm going to be a very good pharmacy director because I don't have strategic as one of my top what five skills. And I, I pointed out to that student that the Strengths Finder has a variety of skills that, are strate- that reflect strategic thinking. And, and I think when, so when people see their strengths finders and don't see strategic there, 
I think they feel like they either don't have that skill or, you know, somehow they, they'll never be able to develop it. But if they really drill down on those strengths, they'll find that many of them are strategically focused. And, and so, so I think students lose, lose, you know, sight of that when they see the results. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, um, you know, having done the strengths finder a few times, um, I think that it is a wonderful exercise and a wonderful exercise to do over time. Mm-hmm. I think that it is a, um, it's not, you know, you pick five and you're done, right? We are right. all a, a, a kind of a buffet of our skills. And I think that one of the major opportunities uh, in my judgment is when do you leverage the skills that you have at what times in your journey, right? And that's yes, what I yes. call situational leadership. Um, and there are times to pull on different strengths and and other times to, um, you know, leverage others. Um, mm-hmm. A major part of strong strategic thinking is analytic understanding, right? Landscape yes, assessment yes. going on. So I think when you peel these, the you know, you peel apart roles, and you break it down into competencies and skills, right? There's an awful lot of synergy that I think is is there within the roles that the directors are playing and the skills that they need. A lot of this is also about, you know, analyzing the market, determining where you're going, and then effectively envisioning that and communicating it to others and energizing them as to where you are going to go and how it all fits together. So, um, you know, I do not believe that strategic thinking skills are the responsibility of the strategy group. In fact, just the opposite. In my own view, it is a responsibility, it is a role, and it is a skill that every single one of us can have, and I believe for the strongest organizations should have. the one other thing that you know, I would encourage folks who you might describe as more technical than not, um, one of the attributes that I think is really important is this notion of kind of intellectual curiosity, to yes. be a consistent learner and to think about how, how could this be better or different going forward, as opposed to, I'm going to continue to do it in the way that I've done it in the same way all the time. To me, that's perhaps a, a particularly unique skill of strategy as I think about it that will allow us to be in a healthy manner, kind of dissatisfied with status quo or intentional when we decide that status quo is where we want to stay. We do it with thought and intentionality as opposed Mm. to we just stay in the status quo because that's what we've always done and that's what we always know. Interesting. You know, the other thing is, and you said about people thinking strategically in the organization besides the strategic thinking office, the strategy office. When I came to Ohio State, this is just how far this organization has come, Jennifer. When I came to Ohio State and I went to uh, somebody in the College of Medicine who was doing strategy and I said, I'd like to develop the strategic plan for the pharmacy department. The person said, well, we don't, we don't see that the pharmacy department needs a strategic plan because the pharmacy department just falls in line with the strategy of the medical center. Now, obviously that was years ago, uh, different people, different time, different place, mm-hmm. <laughs> different leadership, but it really has come uh, really almost full circle in that you as this chief strategy officer embrace others to think strategically and to have strategic plans that really link up. And it's really a testament to you know what you've brought to Ohio State and really how far we've come uh, as a university. So, so that being said, you know, as pharmacy directors 
sit out there in their uh, hospitals trying to battle the pandemic and other things, what should their strategic priorities be for 2021, 2022? I will tell you what Dr. Paz told me on a recent podcast, but I'd like for you to give me your thoughts on it, if you don't mind. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me what he said the end. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad to tell you if you would like to. Given, given that he's just done this, um, why don't you share with me what he did share? And uh, I'm, I promise I will hold my answer. Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. So it was a very interesting comment. Dr. Paz um, said that the priority should be, number one, the pandemic. And that uh, the first thing that we should be concerned about through 2021 is is keeping our staff's uh, healthy and well during the pandemic, making sure that we're able to um, manage our financial situation and make sure that COVID recovery is smooth and sustainable. Uh, so he felt the pandemic, obviously distribution of the vaccine, uh, he felt that that was critical. So really what people should be thinking about in 2021 is how can we curb the coronavirus? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the second uh, priority that I thought was very interesting, he said, was to continue to build the technology, the sort of platform of healthcare. So to continue to build the technology that we all need to be able to connect with patients in the same way that patients connected with doctors in the 60s. So he made a very interesting, in my opinion, a very interesting observation in that his goal, and I really support this, his goal was to get healthcare to the point where patients could interact with their physicians using technology at home in the same manner that they did, that the physicians would do the home, uh, you know, visit back in the fifties and sixties. Right. And so he was really, he's really committed to that, very passionate about it uh-huh. because he knows that's how patients will improve their health. So those, so any way that we can contribute to those two priorities. And then the third priority was, obviously continuing to grow interprofessional education uh, as a third priority. So those were the three that he discussed, but I'm interested in, in what your thoughts are. Um, so let me build upon those um, okay. and, and I will add to them. Um, I'll build upon them because I very much agree with them. And he and I obviously had a lot of conversation. Um, you know, we have to address the first one or we really won't have an opportunity to work on and meaningfully address the second and the third. Um, And I do think that pharmacy and pharmacy directors have a significant and possibly arguably an elevated role than maybe they've had historically because of the challenges that we have, right? As it relates to the vaccine and, you know, members of your team are on our daily, if not multiple times per day calls, leading our thinking and, you know, thinking about what do we need to do and then informing us on what are we going to do and adjusting as new information comes in, whether that is about, you know, uh, the rubric or the algorithm on how do we decide who gets vaccines mm-hmm. or the storage and transportation of said vaccines mm-hmm. and thoughtfulness around education about vaccines. So I think that there's a huge piece there. Um, and in terms of keeping us healthy and well, efforts around shots and testing and those kinds of things is all really, really critical. Um, and, and I think that, you know, thoughtfulness around and responsibility on 
um, the resource uh, stewardship and financial situation is something that you know you all do extremely mm-hmm. well. So for the directors on the phone, if you're or on the call, um, to the extent that you're not intimately involved in those areas, I think one encouragement and one thought is think about how do you how do you find that table and how do you make sure that you get your seat at that table? Mm-hmm. In terms of, in essence, recreating the house call of 2021 or 2025, which I think is a lot of what Dr. Paz talks about and we have discussed in the concept of a technology platform for healthcare, I think this is a very, very ripe and very rich space for pharmacy directors to think creatively, right? Mm-hmm. If, if you weren't limited in the ways that you were and you could imagine that as your North Star, how might you think about the work that you do and or capabilities and opportunities that any one of your systems should have, either things that we could do from our system out and or in partnership with others. And you, Bob, and I have talked about some of what those partnerships might look like. Um, But I think that there is a reality out there of others who are interested in what I'll describe as positively disrupting the healthcare kind of continuum. And um, there is an expression of better to disrupt yourself than to be disrupted. And so how do we think about that? for the benefit of care for patients, right? And in the case of pharmacy, ensuring that those patients are getting the medications that they need when they need them, adhering to what's been prescribed, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think mm-hmm. we all know that the there is tremendous evidence of the benefit of staying in my home as much as I possibly can to get the care that I need. And so how does that drive you all as pharmacy directors to think differently? Um, And then I think the last thing around interprofessional education, you and I, again, have talked about this. You know, historically, the colleges have trained independently. And what does it look like if you go from what I describe as vertical to horizontal, Um, both in terms of how education happens, right? Who is learning with whom at what time? And then how practice is actually occurring. And Mm. the more we think horizontally about that, Um, I do believe the more diverse and perhaps patient-centered the solution Mm -hmm. might be, and how do you get to a place where people are able to practice and contribute at the highest level of their licensure and their capabilities? Um, So I think that those are all very, very high priorities for pharmacy directors. Um, You know, I don't know enough about the rest of the listeners on this call in terms of their experiences but my hope for all of them is that they have the kind of role and relationship that you have built at Ohio State in terms of the competency and breadth and capability of your organization and its interface, both with the health system and with the college. And so, you know, my fourth priority for the directors on this call would be to hopefully build their version of what you've built at Ohio State, because I, I really do believe that it is creating um not only wonderful relationships, but uh, tremendous open-mindedness about what is possible and the contribution um, that the pharmacy function, the pharmacy departments, the pharmacy leader can bring to our enterprise. Well, I appreciate that feedback. I know we've always tried to, I've always tried to link what we do with what the organization's doing and tried to maintain the relationships, which I think are so important to the success so that, I think that advice is really great for the people on this podcast because a lot of them, I think, are struggling a little bit with um, 
with, with how, how do they actually get a seat at the table? And I think that that's where mentoring comes in and that's where other relationships come in as well. So, yeah. And, and I'd like to go back to something that you said earlier, which is um, you described the industry as perhaps not having um, tremendous uh, um, variety in career mm-hmm. paths. Okay. Yeah. One grows up in an organization. And and I would say that I did the same thing at Procter & Gamble for 26 years, right? I grew up right. in an organization and yet I worked on many different businesses um, in different sectors, um, food and beverage, healthcare, beauty care, and different geographies and in, an acquis- in two acquisitions. Um, mm. So while it was the same company, the experiences were quite varied, and and I was able to learn through network about um, others who might have might be in different businesses or different geographies, but yeah. who had had a common experience. and And my encouragement to folks listening is, you know, while you may be in one system in one place, probably someone else on this podcast um, has is is trying to solve the same thing you're trying to solve right now and mm-hmm. or going through a similar experience that you might be going through. Right. So are there mini networks, you know, almost the possibility of I have a need, how do I find someone who might have already experienced that challenge and find those linkages so that you can learn through those analogies. It mm-hmm. may not be the exact same thing at institution A and institution B or institution C, but I'm pretty confident that there will be knowledge that's out there that would be viable and valuable as Mm -hmm. one of the directors thinks about the challenges that they might have um, in their own situation in their own institution. Wow. That's great. That's great advice. So what, what do you do in uh, your spare time in terms of what kinds of things are inspiring you? Podcasts, books, articles, Um, things you've heard and read. What, what, what sort of things are, are inspiring you these days, Jennifer? So, um, I love, so in terms of some podcasts that I have enjoyed, um, there's one called Healthy Dose, which is a bit of a healthcare-centered um, podcast. It's uh, led by a couple of guys who've been in the venture innovation space. Mm. Um, very, very different um, uh, guests come on each week. And you know these are some of the uh, leaders that are on the bleeding edge of where innovation is going often disruption of industries as we know them, whether mm. that is primary care or it's senior care or diabetes or, you know, the folks from Walmart Health that are really disrupting that industry. So that's one that I really like. Um, I like um, how I built this, Guy Raz. Um, oh, that is, again, that is a good one. More on the innovation out there. You know, I, I look to things and places where I can get inspiration. Um and sometimes that I can get lost. Um, I think sometimes when you know you're in large organizations and we get bogged down in our own stuff, um, just having you know some other places to go and learn from. Um, and then I, I like to stay connected to you know things like the Wall Street Journal and the Daily that keeps me kind of in the know from yes. perspectives and that type of thing. So those are some of the podcasts. I I also try to just continue to. Um, you know, go browse because I never know where something interesting might be. Um, and um, again, back to the comment I made about analogies, everything isn't business and everything isn't healthcare. And there are many different um, industries that I think I can learn from, um, that I can gain insight on how to be, you know, a better partner, a better leader, a better listener. Um, 
In terms of books, um, I love biographies. Um, I recently mm-hmm. read, or I should say I listened to, because I'm commuting these days, you know. Um, I listened mm-hmm. to Bob Iger's uh, The Ride of a Lifetime. He is, oh, wow. um, yeah. which is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful biography. Um, I love Jim Collins's book, Good to Great is Always a Classic. Yeah. Um, um, there's another book that I love. Um, it's called Boys in the Boat. And it's all about team is a very, very important thing to me. And um, it is about the 1936. Um, oh, the Olympics. Team. Yes, um, yes. And, and it's, you know, um, a group of, of young men who came together and how did they come together and what does it really mean to have a role and to be part of a world-class team? Um, and so um, those are probably a combination of podcasts and books, but uh, thematics and places and spaces that I go for inspiration um, and sometimes just to get lost and uh, in my mind a little bit. That's great. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Jennifer. I know you're a very busy person here at Ohio State, so I appreciate you taking this brief period of time to educate our listeners on strategy and strategic thinking and and, and really comparing it to sort of the strengths that we already have and just utilizing those strengths in a way that help us to achieve uh, our goals. So I, I I, again, hope you have a great day. And thanks again for being on the podcast. Thank you very much for the invitation. I so appreciate it. um, And I very much appreciate our early partnership and uh, hope that that this uh, provides a little bit of value to the listeners. I'm sure it will. Thank you, Jennifer. Take care. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Leadership Lessons in Health System Pharmacy. And if you found this interview helpful to your own professional development, please do us a favor and share the good news with your colleagues and leave us with a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts each and every week.